Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity. The future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. I'm WSB's Clark Howard. Howard. From Dunwoody to Douglasville. Washington to Woodstock. Whenever and wherever there's there severe weather, a traffic red alert, or breaking news. The WSB 24-hour breaking news center will break in. Depend on it. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. No, I want this town to be near you. No, gray skies ever turn blue. Friday Eve to you, Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hope you had a fantastic week and obviously a uh, great weekend. Uh, I will be off on Monday night for the 4th of July holiday, but I'll be back at work on Tuesday filling in from 5 to 7 during Atlanta's evening news. Uh, to get you in the holiday spirit, the 4th of July Independence Day holiday, we decided to have someone funny come in. He is Alonzo Bowden. He is at the punchline this weekend. Uh, Mr. Bowden, welcome to the Mark Aaron Thank Show. you, Mark. How you doing? Yes, I actually made it here. I made it through holiday travel through Atlanta's airport, and I'm going right back to the airport to get in the TSA line now. <laughs> it's crazy, I'm going to just right? get in line now for my flight Monday and yeah, it it has gotten absolutely ridiculous. And you know, to their credit, the TSA workers do a heck of a job. And I'm gonna be honest: if if I'm up there for minimum wage, I ain't looking too close for bombs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm getting minimum wage and I see a bomb, I'm gonna probably go on break. I'm gonna say, yeah. "Hey, man, listen, I got this. I'm taking yeah. my 15." Steve, you're up. Yeah, yeah, you Steve, got it. You're Steve. on. No, it, let me ask you a question. Crazy travel. <clears throat> so you've traveled since that the latest terror attack. Um, in Turkey, so yeah. you've been to the airport. Have you? Did you see any uh, increased security you know, measures? They, they they do increase the presence. I think there's a level of security that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, there's obviously the front line that we see going through the metal detectors and this and that. But I just I think they have professionals, and they've said it before that are watching things that we don't see them, but sure. they see us. Because it, it, it is, uh, all joking aside, it's a tough job. Like, you can't check everybody yeah. it, as much as you try. Um, but they, I, I don't know. It, it's it's tough gig. So hopefully we're okay. You know, I, I have two suggestions always paranoia. To, to help things out. Whoever's doing the security at a casino in Vegas, yeah. hire them to do yeah. the security. Because yeah. they can tell if you're trying to steal a $5 chip off yeah. the roulette table... They can figure out who's got and a bomb And the key or not. word in that is try, because no one's ever no, got one. Exactly you know, right. like You thought you had one, and, and they do it quietly. You take three steps, and then two guys just walk up next to you. Excuse me, Excuse we you, need sir. to talk to you exactly for a minute. Exactly right. You know, and, like uh, in Casino. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. we got they, they did the... Uh, they had the fake birthday cake come out, right. and while everyone's looking there, they zapped the other yeah. guy and dragged him. <laughs> just have the casino guys do security. My second suggestion is um, just all the sky caps, you know the guys that right. you check your bags out of the cab, uh, the curb, give them all AK-47s. 
There you, go. I, you trust them with your luggage, so you tr- <laughs> I, I trust them with a gun. Let those guys, they've seen it all, they know it all, they know what's up, just arm them. And yeah, the only problem with that is if you give them a tip, they'll let you bring your gun through. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, man, here's 10 Oh, yeah, you can go through. You, you go. go through. So uh, Alonzo Bowden in studio, he is at the uh, Punchline this weekend. Three shows tomorrow, 6, 8, and 10-ish. Yes. They're all ish. Ish, comedy yeah. clubs. You Six never know. starts about on time, but then we stretch late, <laughs> and then you know. But where, yeah. so, where did you fly in from? Where are you living? I I live in L.A. Okay. I live in L.A. But I came here. I was in. Um, I was actually in Vermont. What doing? Yeah, I was doing a corporate event in Vermont. You know, after I saw, like, I've never spent a lot of time in Vermont. Yeah. But going through Vermont and the back roads and the hills, with all due respect, Bernie wasn't ready to be president. <laughs> Because if you're going to be president, you got to come from a place that has at least one four-lane highway or a stoplight or something. I mean, Vermont, it, it's beautiful, but you're just you're in the country the whole yeah. time, and it's just. I'm, and I was like, man, you're gonna you're gonna go from here to president? That's a big jump. Bernie. That's it's it's. I, I grew up in Connecticut, and um, I, I've been to Vermont like twice. If you don't ski, there's right, really that, no that's reason what to go it to is. Vermont. That, actually, it's funny you mention that because the place I was at doing this event was a ski resort, and you want to talk about quiet, go to a ski resort in June. <laughs> You're like, I want to get something to eat. They say, yeah, so do we. So do we. We were looking for a place that was open. Is there even a uh, an airport in Vermont? Do they have one? Do you have to fly to Boston or uh, Maine? I had or? to fly out of Albany. New York? Yeah. No kidding. But it, but it, was, it was an hour away, you yeah. know, because it was near the border of Vermont and New York. So I'm sure there has to be an airport there because people ski. Any, oh yeah! Anywhere people ski, they have to have somewhere to bring their private jets. Exactly right. So, a little private um, airstrip. I'm sure there is. Who's an your airport. Who's your agent that's booking you a corporate gig in Vermont? I'll tell you who my agent is. Someone who's taking the long weekend off. <laughs> yeah, Lonzo, we gonna send you down to Atlanta. <laughs> Me? No, I'm not going. I'm I'm going to, to a barbecue. Yeah. But you get you down to the punchline. So. Will you be here Monday? Do you need invites to the cookout? I'm, I'm going to be here. No, we we have shows uh, Saturday and Sunday. Monday morning, I'm going to go down to the airport and try to leave. Okay. See, actually, no. I'm. I'm Monday gonna, should be all right. Uh, yeah, it'll be all right. I'm gonna head back home. And and they said the roads actually are gonna be crazy because of the price of gas. But they they always say that right every summer they say like yeah everybody's gonna be driving because the price of gas is so cheap. You know who's mad about the price of gas? Who's that? Whoever made Hummers. <laughs> right. The Hummer people are like, man, why didn't they? T- we shut down the whole thing. Everybody out of work, and now gas is free. Do they not make we Hummers could, anymore? No, they stopped making Hummers uh, four or five years ago. I still ago. see them around. There's still a few. Well, you can drive them again. Yeah. You know, it's not it's, too you expensive. See, you see a lot of Hummers out here with low mileage. <laughs> you know, hey, low mileage Electric Hummer. Electric Hummer. Plug it in. Uh, Alonzo Bowden in studio. So let me ask you a question. Where are you from originally? I grew up in New York. All right. Yeah, I grew up in New York. Is it and necessity for comics to live in L.A. now? Is no, that- no. Actually, comedy is bigger in New York now no kidding. than L.A. In the 90s, when I started doing comedy, comedy was in L.A. And there were there were a lot of sitcoms, and The Tonight Show sure, yeah. was in L.A. But now, all of the late-night shows are in New York, other than Conan. Conan's show's still in L.A. And Jimmy Kimmel, but Jimmy Kimmel doesn't do a lot of comics. But the hot shows and the hot comics, you know, like Chris Rock lives in New York, uh, Louis C.K. lives in New York, you know, and and now the next generation, Amy Schumer, and that that whole the Comedy Central crew, like Key and Peele show, mm-hmm. all of it, it's all coming out of New York. So I, I moved, you know, <laughs> I've made some brilliant career decisions, <laughs> and thank you for reminding me of that one. New York guy, so, I'm moving away from the comics. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna to head LA. to L.A. with it, you know, uh, but, but it's, it's good. But yeah, right now the business is in New York. 
Queens, Brooklyn? I grew up in Queens. I grew up in St. Albans. I didn't know I grew up in the hood until 50 Cent mentioned it in a song. <laughs> That's when you Like, we you were arrived. just in it. It was just, you know, working class, black neighborhood. We were cool. And 50 says the hood. We were like, what? What? What, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Property values dropped. Everything changed. That's fair. Where did you go to high school? Did you go to high school? I went to aviation high school. I went to a specialized high school in New York and learned to fix airplanes. That's actually what took me to L.A. When I graduated from high school, I was hired by Lockheed Martin and moved to L.A. Okay. And I, I worked on the first first stealth fighters, the ones we used. The ones in we the stole first, from the aliens. Yeah. The yeah, planes from yeah, the aliens, that was, right? That was the one. Yeah, the uh, F-117. So I worked. that's what I did in the 80s. And then I no, started. All right. You say you worked on that. What? What specifically? We like cup holders. Well, uh, no, the I, no. I started out. I started out in sheet metal building the structure of the airplane, mm-hmm. and ultimately I became one of the hydraulic test crews. So I worked wow. on the flight controls and um, all the accessories. Um, That's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah. No. Well, I, I. When I say I worked on it, like I worked, you on, worked it. on it. I didn't. I didn't just wipe it down. Was, no, the, I, was the price? Wasn't like a billion dollars a pop for those things or something? Um, at that point? No. That you're thinking of the bomber. The oh, bombers okay. were a billion. The fighters were uh, a couple of hundred million. But I'll tell you the the historic scandal. I guess I can talk about it now. Yeah, sure. That remember the six hundred dollar hammers. Remember yeah. that big thing and and one thousand dollar toilet, toilet seats, seats and exactly, all. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that was to pay for the stealth fighter. There was really? an airplane that Lockheed made called the P three, mm-hmm. which was an anti submarine detection airplane and that was like public like people knew they were making it and we were in the buildings next door and it literally all blacked out no windows nobody knew what was going on well the way they financed the secret project is overcharged for everything on the public project so the reason that the p3 had thousand dollar toilet seats is because they were paying for the stealth to be built. That's unbelievable. That's, yeah, and and what I learned in doing that is that, and that's how the government operates and how military projects go. So it's like there's always something going on that they're not telling you about. You know what I mean? If they're telling you about A, B, and C are really where the technology that's is. That's unbelievable. And, and the thing about all of that aircraft, people are like, why do we spend so much money on that? You know why? Because 20, 30 years from now, it's going to be on your car. You know what I mean? Like True. GPS, anti-lock brakes, all that and all stuff that. started. It was all developed yeah. on airplanes way back when. Yeah. So that is where they do this. You know, I understand people's beef about it, but it is where they do the scientific research. I don't know how we got to hear from comedy. I'm doing scientific. research. I was research about to ask: now. Is this the first but time that we've is... ever gone that you've ever gone this deep? In no, aviation? no. Actually, and as long as we're on it, I am on a show on the Science Channel Wednesday nights at ten called "How to Build Everything." No kidding. And it is a, it's a comedic engineering show, and we, we being me and some other co-hosts, we talk about how to build everything from Apache helicopters to cruise ships to pipe organs to jackhammers. We show how all of these things work, and it's a really funny show, Wednesday awesome. nights at 10 on Science Channel. And it was fun for me because it was a place where my mechanical background, you know, was able to work with my comedy background and explain the only this. time in in your life that's gonna those yeah, two are gonna yeah come there's, there's not a lot of times when they're like you got any apache helicopter jokes R- real so. quick let me ask how did you make the leap from aviation to comedy teaching i was i was training new new uh, mechanics mm-hmm. and i just had more fun making them laugh and they were you know there were there's a lot of layoffs in the aircraft industry and the layoff was coming up and i tried comedy and absolutely loved it. Never looked back. Then they started drug testing in the aerospace industry, and I said, "I'm gonna stick with comedy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little more. 
That's that's fantastic. And then you were you were on Last Comic Standing. I, and- yeah, I was on seasons two, season two. Then I won on season three. That's awesome. And uh, that was a great run. That was my introduction to America. Yeah. And, and like like we were talking about before we went on air. When you win a show like Last Comic Standing, you find out where all of your family is. <laughs> they, you just start getting emails like, hey, I'm your cousin's brother's husband twice removed. You got any money? That's, no. Yeah. That's a, but but career-wise, I mean, Last career Comic wise, Standing is- Career-wise, it was is, great. It was my, my intro to America. Do you it ever was, hear from your old uh, aviation we, buddies? Uh, yeah, I'm still friends with a lot of guys who I worked with. The funny thing about that was when I did Last Comic Standing, a lot of them posted online pictures of when I worked, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. me and Alonzo used to work <laughs> together. And people in comedy were like, oh, you really were an airplane mechanic. Like, I had made up the whole backstory. <laughs> they were like, oh, you really? I'm like, yes, I really did that. So that that was a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I'm still friends with some of the guys who I used to work with. And uh, it's now the only place, I'm on an airplane every week, yeah. you know, traveling. And it's. So, you know, if you hear something funky, you know what's up. Like, I, oh, that's I tell the hydraulic. People, like, look, I don't know how to fix it, but I know five ways to get off of this thing they ain't <laughs> tell you about. I know how to lift this carpet up and crawl through the, the bay into the cargo bay and out. We Don't yeah. worry, I'm not going down in an airplane. Alonzo Bowden in studio. He is at the punchline this weekend. Three shows tomorrow night, six, eight, and 10. Tickets available online, punchline.com. Hang on one more segment. Absolutely. All right, Alonzo Bowden on stu- in studio. Coming up on the show, uh, Lancel Lannister from Game of Thrones will join us. Stick around, more to come. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Mark Aram Show. Still to come on the program, Lancel Lannister will join us from the Game of Thrones talking about the Season 6 finale. In studio now, a lot stronger, funnier than Lancel Lannister. He's uh, Alonzo Bowden. He's at the punchline uh, this weekend. How do you work out? Uh, you're obviously a very muscular dude. Uh, yeah, I used, to, um, I used to play ball and I used to lift weights and stuff like that. Now it's more, you know, non-impact. You know what I mean? You get older and you're like, I tried CrossFit and, mm-hmm. you know, I had bad knees. I used to play a lot of basketball. And my knees swole up, and I went to the doctor. And my doctor, what you were doing? What he said? Listen, you're an old man. Get on a bicycle. <laughs> you ain't supposed to be jumping up on boxes anymore. Oh, Take yeah. it easy. So, uh, but I, I try to, I try to work out. It's just, you know, people talk about how big I am. It's like, look, it's not intentional. You know, you you get older, and the body just like things you used to eat that went away. They stay with you now. So, I, I feel that. I yeah. absolutely see that. So, um. Um, so obviously a huge following, uh, because of last comic standing and all the stuff you've done on television and movies. Uh, if the listeners want to keep up with you and your, your career, your movements, where can we find you? I am at Alonzo Bowden, A-L-O-N-Z-O-B-O-D-D-E-N. I use my real name on all social media because so far no one's looking for me. There's no (laughs) trouble. There've been no outstanding warrants or lawsuits have popped up. So actually on Instagram, I have to use ZoFunny. Because somebody took my name. You know how people take yeah. your name and then they're like, you want to buy? And I was like, no, you yeah, keep it. I'm good. Go so good luck Zo Money? Zo Funny. Oh, Zo Funny. Zo right. Funny. Z-O-F-U-N-N-Y. Yeah, that's All my right. Instagram. Every Twitter, Facebook, everything. I'm at Alonzo Bowden. And please follow me. I'm trying to develop. More. I don't have enough followers. My fans are like a generation older than Twitter, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm the same way, absolutely. And, and, but now you need, so please, listen. Your ask generation's your kids, on Facebook, though. They, ask they your kids Facebook. how to follow me on Twitter <laughs> and then do it. I, I get that. This is one that kills me, and I've had it happen a few times. A beautiful woman just walk up. 
wow, you're Alonzo Bowden. My dad loves you. Oh, Thank you. Thank you for that. That's, it's a, that's a, it's a great moment. So I'm going to go ahead and make a, a, a claim here that you are now my favorite Alonzo of all time. Passing, if you can guess what Alonzo you just Morning. passed. Not Alonzo Moore. Uh-huh. I'm Syracuse guy, UConn guy. Oh, not okay. Alonzo Moore. Ooh, fan. Yeah, no, you're not going to be. Fictional Alonzo. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Oh, um, training day? No. Oh, that's a good one, though. Yeah. All right, you might be number two then. Okay. Yeah, see, I just lost <laughs> Alonzo Mosley, Midnight Run. Right. Okay. Yes, I've heard that one. But I've I forgot about Alonzo on Training Day. Damn, yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. All right. I'm 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 okay losing to Denzel. You could lose <laughs> to Denzel in anything and be like, well, it's Denzel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Denzel, who won last copy? Oh, Denzel won yeah, last copy. Denzel. Today. What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Alonzo, this is great, man. Um, everyone go see him at the Punchline tomorrow, 6, 8, and 10. Follow him on Twitter at Alonzo Bowden, B O D D E N. Yes. Or uh, Zo Funny on, on Instagram. Instagram. Uh, great to see you. Congra- uh, continued success. Thank you, Mark. And we'll uh, we'll catch up with you in Vermont. All right. All right. News, weather, and traffic next. This is the Mark Aram Show. I'm WSB's Mark Aram. The WSB 24 Hour Breaking News Center is on alert. With immediate breaking news, severe weather alerts, traffic red alerts from Cobb to Cherokee, Carroll to Gwinnett, Fulton to Forsyth, and all the rest. All the rest. WSB. WSB. Depend on it. Hey, this is Rick Springfield, and you're listening to the Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram here, you there. This is the Mark Aram Show, heard Monday through Friday, 10 to midnight on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Making his second appearance on the Mark Aram Show in less than three weeks, we are very happy to welcome back actor Eugene Simon from the Game of Thrones, a.k.a. Lancel Lannister. Eugene, thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks very much for having me, Mark. Good to be back. So uh, the, the last time we talked to you was before the season finale, which occurred on Sunday, um, your initial reaction to what you saw on screen uh, with the finale season six. I was back at home, having traveled all the way from Australia, on my couch, eating some dinner, absolutely exhausted, and we decided to turn on the Game of Thrones episode, and I just found it to be extraordinary. Uh, I, I was absolutely blown away, first of all, by the music that was incorporated into the very start of the, of the episode. I just thought it really set the scene and made, it made this really foreboding, sort of dreadful ambience for what was going to happen, and uh, full, full credit to the orchestra that did that. But I just I thought Miguel Sapochnik, the director, just turned it into an absolutely fantastic bit of television. He edited it and put it together just with such brilliance. So I was I was really, really, I was literally and figuratively blown away by it. Was that the first time you had seen the completed episode? It was the first time I'd seen the episode, so it was uh, news to me as well. Wow. Well, it, uh, the last two episodes of season six are, are some of the fine, I mean, there's been a lot of fine episodes, obviously, throughout the history of the series, but you guys really brought it the last two episodes of this season. Yes, I mean, the 
think Miguel was focusing on the um, Battle of the Bastards fighting scene, I think, for about eight days, you know, so it was solid work throughout um, throughout all of that, people being covered in blood, mud, grit, sweat, uh, thrown off horses, cut in half. It was a pretty, I mean, really a, a groveling day for them. So uh, what can I say? They worked, their, they worked their asses off and ended up with the show that you, well, ended up with the episode that you saw in the end. Um, I mean, we're lucky to have the cast and crew that we do, but, I mean, really, in this case, the crew just filmed and created something so special for that scene. Talking to actor Eugene Simon from the Game of Thrones, it had to be, though, bittersweet as you were watching the end of Lancel Lannister on your television. I guess so, yeah. I mean, I, I feel very happy that Lancel got the death that he did. I, you know, I played him for six, well, four, four seasons over a course of six years, and I find myself very happy with the way that it's all turned out. It's been a pretty crazy adventure for me growing up, and having this on my, um, I know, sort of having a piece of work like this to come back to so often, and um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled. I'm, I was never worried about dying. You know, it's something that is probably going to happen to most characters on the show. It's just a question of how you go. So I was thrilled, really. I, I couldn't have, couldn't have asked for a better death. And well, I mean, this that was a. I mean, <laughs> there is, there's no coming back from what you what you had to do with your death there. Um, I mean, you were literally face first into the explosion. So that that's a no-brainer, right? The uh, the high priestess <laughs> isn't bringing you back to life. Yes, no, I think the idea of Melisandre sort of trying to reanimate the vaporized ashes of Lancelot <laughs> Lannister are probably, are probably fairly slim chance, but uh, we can always hope, eh? <laughs> How long have, had you known that that was uh, going to be your demise? When did you find out that end of season six that you were no more? I've known for a year. I found out the moment that we, just before we started filming. So Dan and David gave me a call and they told me that uh, Lancelot's at the very center of a hugely dramatic end to a lot of characters and uh, he'll be the one sort of carrying the drama of whether or not this is actually going to happen. And I went, Jesus, I mean, wow, I, I'm, I'm stunned. And I, I just said, thank you. You know, I'm just, I'm very, very grateful that you've given my character such a, such a uh, uh, dramatic death. And I, I really, I will do do everything I can to make it as good as possible. So I was, I was a lucky guy. I was a lucky guy, and I am still. Do, does the cast and crew do anything special to uh, to actors whose characters are no longer uh, on the show? Do you get a special send off in any way? You know, and this is a show that has a lot, of, a lot of scenes to shoot. So once <laughs> yeah. you are actually wrapped, there is a round of applause, maybe a little bottle of champagne open. But it does actually happen. It does actually move on pretty quickly. There is a lot to do, and uh, you know, I remember that Jonathan Price wrapped up on the his last scene of the episode, last uh, scene of the show was the Sept of Baelor scene when he's blown to pieces, and uh, it was you know pretty. Uh, it was a pretty extraordinary way to go. We're surrounded by two hundred extras, everyone who's about to get blown to pieces, and everyone gives a bit round of applause and then you know you're done you get out of your makeup your costume and you put it away for you know for the rest of your life it's um it's a pretty it's a pretty pretty crazy feeling so now you've crossed over from cast member to viewer like the rest of us as a viewer eugene what is going to happen do you think in season seven Honestly, it's anyone's guess. You know, we've left it as we always do in a uh, a moment of real uh, a real anxiety within Westeros. Everyone has an army. Everyone has an enemy. Everyone has a weapon that they are going to start using, whether it's a dragon or an army of the undead, or you know, it's just it's. I mean, it, it's looking that it's going to continue to be very, very explosive. And uh, I'm not sure if this is true. It's just rumor that I've heard. But I think we have about 13 episodes of this show left, so we're going to have to see what um, what what they've put in as content for those three at 13 hours. 
Talking to Eugene Simon, Lancel Lannister from the amazing series on HBO, Game of Thrones. Uh, season 6 finale was last Sunday. Um, now that you are no longer uh, with the show in, in, a, in a living form, maybe we'll get you in a flashback or something. Um, give me your favorite moment or moments uh, in your four-season run on Game of Thrones. What will you look back years from now on and go, man, that was a great, a great time? I will always look back on the scene I did with Tyrion in season two where Lancer was groveling in front of him because that was, I think, my first long major scene within Game of Thrones with a really long one-on-one bit of dialogue. And I remember working with Peter, and he's such a lovely guy. He's just such a kind spirit and a wonderful actor on top of it. And the whole feeling of being so sort of desperate and being very frightened and afraid and being a kind of child was one that I think that I hold on to very dearly because it was sort of... Um, it was sort of the end of innocence, really, for Lancel. It was one of the last things, the last acts of real kind of, uh, the last real struggling moments of his character before he turned into a faith militant figure. And on top of that, I guess, you know, I was 19, I was a young kid, so I was sort of, uh, you know, I was sort of overcoming kind of what it is to be an adult. And I, you know, and I just, it was very dear to my heart. I'll, I'll always remember that. And it was a great scene because you came in so full of confidence uh and and then peter cuts you down to size basically in, yeah. in that scene it was really a really good scene you're right no i enjoyed it very much and i i will always remember that very fondly and the second one would be when lancel brother lancel returns as a sparrow and confronts Cersei in season five just that 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 completely reformed um, you know physical appearance and personality was pretty was a pretty crazy thing to do so i um i loved i loved both of them i really did very good scenes were you surprised like i was i mean listen i, I did a twitter poll um, before the uh, the finale uh, ended, and I asked my my Twitter followers, "Who do you think is going to die?" And Tommen and you were the top two vote getters, so it uh, looked like people knew that you were going to get it, and Tommen was going to get it. Maybe not the way Tommen got it. Um, were you surprised that I I didn't? I thought Marjorie would survive. I thought she'd get out of there. Yeah, you know, it's funny. There are a lot of characters that people thought would die. Um, I, you know, I think probably they uh, they probably wanted Lancel to die more than they knew it because <laughs> he's a uh, he's a tricky character. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I think that uh, I think the people knew about Tommen because if those of you who have read the books know that there was some prophecy put down that his, exactly. uh, him and the rest of his siblings do uh, meet sticky ends. But um, Lancel, you know, they were right. They, they, our fans are very, very, very intuitive. They make lots of guesses based on the, exper- the, the traumatic experiences of characters that have been lost before, you know, all the way back to Ned Stark. So there, is, uh, there are a lot of predictions that they have to make. And uh, I suppose in this case, they were right. And the the one person I thought was definitely not going to last was Melisandre, and what do you know? She <laughs> she just gets pen, sent packing to the south all of a sudden. Suddenly she's alive. Yeah, it's a pretty. Uh, she, she's a lucky one. She's a lucky one. Maybe she can revive some of the dis- disintegrated ashes of previous characters. There you go. <laughs> Finishing up with Eugene Simon, Game of Thrones. All right. So you're just in the greatest television series of all time. What's next for you in your career? from Australia to London and started working with a, a theatre company, a youth theatre company called The Oval House, which is uh, just reopened and uh, takes a lot of kids who want to get involved in acting off the street to really kind of help them out and get their lives back on track. And 007 actor Pierce Brosnan was, is our ambassador, and he's been helping us out no end, who incidentally also came into acting through this theatre. So that's been my priority right now, just keeping things local. But it's funny, since Lancel came onto TV, I've been having a number of offers on rather psychologically impaired and troubled characters so um, maybe there's some sort of trend developing here but um, 
once I have the once I have those characters secured, I will let you guys all know on Twitter. Absolutely, yeah. Tell the folks how they can follow you, uh, social media, and all the good stuff. If you hopefully those listening to this are not driving, you put your, you know, But if you are listening to this, then do uh, head on to Twitter, and you can find me at, at Eugene underscore Simon, and uh, definitely come say hello. And I've been following you for a while now, and getting great stuff on uh, your thoughts on the EU and all that. So uh, it's not just acting yeah. stuff that Eugene tweets about. Uh, Eugene, it's it's truly been an honor and a pleasure. I can't wait to see uh, the next steps in your career. You were great as Lance Lannister, and uh, you're very kind to spend uh, some time with us in the audience. Thank you very much indeed, guys. It's been so nice being here, and uh, I hope to speak to you guys again soon. Absolutely. Best of luck, Eugene. Take care. Bye-bye. Stick around. More to come. This is The Mark Aram Show. Mark Aram on 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Hi, welcome back to the show. Joining us now from one of my favorite restaurants, Del Frisco's Grill in Buckhead, Assistant General Manager, Mike Clark. Mike, thanks for taking time out to join us on the Mark Aram Show. Mark, it's uh, thank you so much for for having us uh, to talk about this great cause. I know a lot of uh, a lot of the Mark Aram Show listeners are industry folk that uh, once they leave the restaurants and bars, tune us in. So uh, it's always good to know that that you guys at Del Frisco's are listening. And it's time for me to repay the favor because this Sunday you guys are doing a great charitable event. Tell the listeners about what you're doing. So um, this Sunday we're doing an event called Burgers and Brews. Um, uh, there was a local officer here in Buckhead that was uh, that was shot in the chest. Uh, responding to a home invasion call. Uh, his name is Justin Fong Borden. Uh, we have an officer that works for us on Sunday, or excuse me, Friday and Saturdays. His name is Tony Williams. And uh, Officer uh, Borden works for him. He told us a story about him getting, uh, about being shot. And uh, we decided to put together a plan to, to help him and his family. He has a girlfriend. He's about to be a new dad. And uh, he took a bullet here in, in Buckhead. You know, he's one of the guys that are here uh, protecting us. So uh, Burgers and Brews is this Sunday, uh, July 3rd from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, it's $25. You get two uh, red hair uh, IPAs, uh, two Karma tequila peach margaritas called the Fong, because that's uh, what Justin's nickname is. <laughs> okay. And uh, so you get uh, four drinks and a burger for 25 bucks, and 100% of that goes to uh, to Justin Fong and his family. So, um uh, Ray uh, from uh, McBride from Karma Tequila donated uh, nine cases of, of tequila. Wow. And uh, Brian Fucci from Atlanta Beverage donated all the red hair IPA. Um, our meat pre- purveyor donated 1,000 prime beef patties and 1,000 uh, burger buns. Uh, and then uh, we're, we're raffling off uh, hotel stays and uh, spa treatments and gift certificates to local restaurants, so the Mandarin around here, the W, Davio's, Oak Steakhouse, um, Rathbun Steak, um, and others, Williamson Barbecue, who showed up today with some gift cards. So um, we're raffling those off, 5 bucks a ticket, 100% goes to, to Officer Borden and his family. That's fantastic. So it's called Burgers and Brews. It's Burgers at and Brews. Del Frisco's Grill this Sunday, July 3rd from 6 to 9 p.m. Yep. Obviously a great cause, folks. $50. Uh, two beers, two tequila margaritas, uh, peach margaritas, peach yep. margaritas, and of course the delicious burger. Um, and and really, you need to go. And I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Loti and Longoria. We're gonna head over there. Awesome. Uh, well, I know Loti will come. Longoria <laughs> Longoria's got kids, so he might not be able to come. But uh, but I'll be there. Loti will be there. Uh, it's a great cause. Fifty dollars. Uh, no, co- uh, twenty five bucks. Tw- oh, it's less yeah. than that. Holy yeah, smokes! Twenty five bucks. That's even better. All right. So yeah. if uh, folks want to get tickets. 
to the event or just show up? How do they do that, Mike? So you can go to our Facebook page and click on the very top, the Book Now button that will take you to the link for Burgers and Brews. On our Facebook, there's like five other things you can click to get there as well or you show up the day of and and uh and pay 25 bucks and, and get in the door and and uh also participate in the raffle be selling raffle tickets uh all weekend long five bucks a piece and it's uh going for a great cause del frisco's grill right in buckhead right on Peachtree. you can't miss it it's a great spot um 25 dollars jeez mike that's that's unbelievable yeah well with everybody you know contributing and donating everything we wanted to make it affordable um, and have lots of people come out. You know, that's our goal is to have lots of people come out. And Officer Borden's going to be here, so people will be able to shake his hand and encourage him for for what he did. Uh, not only did he take a bullet um, going in the door, they ran him over, and uh, as he's laying on his back, he put two bullets in one of the perpetrators, and that's how they, they were able to find him. Unbelievable. All right, Del Frisco's Grill on Facebook. Find the link. I will see you on Sunday. Mike, thanks as always, man, and, and great job with this great cause, buddy. Thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate it. Stick around. More to come. This is The Mark Aram Show. Thanks for listening to The Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.